3: welcome back everybody to wrestling omakaze this is our big year end award spectacular the first ever wrestling omakaze awards and we're gonna get right into it because i'm already worried about this show going (laughs) going the distance here um for people who don't know i talked about this before in the past basically my idea what this was to send out a ballot to all of our 2017 omakaze guests so it was a panel consisting entirely of our omakaze guests um Almost every single guest participated. There's only one guy who didn't participate. I'm not going to mention who it was and shame them publicly here. But everybody else participated, and we have a huge panel of, again, of returning guests. So we're going to go through them, introduce them one by one here. They're going to be on to talk about their picks. Then we'll give you the winner, and then obviously we'll talk about whoever won. So let's start with Mr. Sean Cedar. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Sean. How's it going? Um, you're of course on our Ring of Honor, um, you know, year-end review episode, and you're the voices of wrestling, Ring of Honor reviewer. So, thanks for coming on. No problem. All right. Um, up next, we have Mr. Michael Spears. Hello, Michael.
2: Hey, John. How's it going?
3: Pretty good. Um, you're on the Chikar episode, of course. You're also on Open the Voice Gate with me. It's good to see you again. How are you doing tonight?
2: I'm living. You know, I'm doing all right. Kind of excited to see how this is going to go tonight.
3: It's a lot of people, so we'll see how this goes. All right. Up next, we have Mister Mister Connor Dunphy from the very first Omakase episode. Also, you returned on the Noah episode. What's up, no, Connor?
4: For times of charm, John, as it <laughs> were. I'm very thankful to be back on here. I'm not coming to you in the best of health, but oh, no. re- nevertheless, I'm here with my list and i'm ready to mm-hmm. discuss it with you faint folk here tonight
3: I'm, I'm telling you when when i when i came up with this idea i was like connor has to come on i don't care if it's 2 a.m <laughs> scott and anything, because i need to hear his explanation for his rest of the year pick so we'll get oh you
4: will hear it you'll <laughs> fucking hear
3: it <laughs> um up then we also have mr dylan harris who was on the also on the no episode with connor um, the, the review we did of the Great Voyage in Yokohama, Volume 2. Of course, you can also hear him on Eastern Lariat, <coughs> and you can hear him on. The, I, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of your Lucha podcast.
5: You did it again, John, just like <laughs> the first time I was on. You know? First of all, I just want to say that I'm so happy to be on with so many people that I wasn't before. I've been on with some of you guys before. Obviously, you, John, Connor, Alex, I was on a show with. I wanted to get Jesse on my show, but. She's a giant asshole for being a States fan, so I don't <laughs> Unfortunately, she has to come on, but I'm on anyway. I have a lot of respect and love for you guys, and I'm really happy to do the show. Thanks for having me on, man. I hope it's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's awesome.
3: Um, and then we also have on Mr. J.R. Goldberg, who, of course, was on the Ring of Honor, um, the Growing Up ROH episode, I guess you could say, and then the Ultra <coughs> Hall of Fame episode, so it's also your third appearance.
6: What's yeah, up, Jr.
7: Yeah. Hey, how are you, John? I, uh, yes. <laughs> I I really loved doing both of those episodes. Um, unfortunately, the Lucha one was was all for naught. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. I, nothing I had, nothing I, matters. Someone messaged me after that. They were like, So I don't know, he, I guess this person, not knowing anything about Lucha, he's like, You made me think they were going to introduce like 10 Lucha tours to the Hall of Fame this year and said it was zero. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry I got your hopes up, buddy, but.
7: Man, no. I wish. Maybe I'll, I'll settle for one. How about that? I'll settle for, I'll settle for one next year. Me
8: too. Um,
3: and we also have on another three time guest, Miss Jesse.
9: Pretty good. Uh, I didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom, so I'm in a great mood. Don't know about everyone else. And...
3: Uh, you weren't here when I talked about my reaction when uh when Okada pinned Naito. Like I almost threw my garbage can. I just stopped myself. I had to be. I just like. I. I just like jumped off my bed. I think I said, "He's really gonna do this." Like the moment he hit that spinning tombstone, and then the moment he got the pan, like I grabbed my garbage can, but then I was like, "I'm not gonna throw this garbage can over a fake wrestling match. I'm not gonna do it." I was so fucking angry. <laughs> but let's you... just see how it goes. You knew better, Jesse. You knew better than all of us. Why? Is um, one? So of course you were on the. Uh, the BJ, BJW Yokuton episode, and you're again on to discuss Big Japan DDT and Wrestle One, um, three very popular promotions. <laughs> not, you know, not as popular as they should be, but <coughs> especially not Wrestle One. The, but yeah, That
9: even the race.
3: <laughs> both were fun. Both were a fun time. So, well, it's good to have you back on again um another three-time guest meanwhile is miss alexandra alexandra who was on our joshi um you know like introduction to joshi episode and then our joshi year interview episode so very cool to have you back on for the third time alec uh,
10: thanks for having me back on I'm excited to chat with all y'all uh like jesse i haven't watched wrestle kingdom i actually watched it via gifts, and that works pretty darn well
3: <laughs> so you said did, did they if like that spitting tombstone because that was like the exact moment my heart was broken never uh, be repaired
10: I didn't see a gif of that but I got a pretty good idea of how the whole show went down and yeah I'll probably watch it on access later but yeah I'm glad you know Joshi wrestling's popular enough that I've been on here multiple times
3: yeah it's awesome um, definitely gonna have to have you on again to do a dedicated Joshi episode again probably more than once but all right, the other, the final guest, he's actually making his return appearance. You're the first person to ever be on this show two weeks in a row, so Mr. Lawson Leong, who of course was on our New Japan Year interview episode, how's it going, Lawson?
8: Oh, it's going good. Uh, I hurt my back shoveling a few days ago, but besides that, I'm in a good mood.
3: Well, that, 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 <laughs> besides that, that sounds pretty terrible.
8: Uh, it's you know, it's healing. <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom. Made me feel. I basically spent all day inside watching Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, so. Someone's
3: gonna put the show over after like. <laughs> people, I mean, I, it was a good show. I just the the main event just ripped my heart out. But oh, I, mean, I understand. You
8: know. <laughs> I've also but, seen progress since then. And I might have liked that show even more. So.
3: I, I haven't. I I've never watched a single second of progress, to be honest.
8: Yeah, so. it's you know it's behind a paywall. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's basically that's a lot of people problem with DET, I guess. Uh, but. Before we talk about anything else, we should get into the award picks for the Wrestling Omikaze Awards, and we're going to go in a pretty <laughs> random order. My idea basically was to save the the um, promotion of the, or to save the match of the year and the rest of the year for the very end. I'm basically going to go through the entire roster of guests we have here. they are going to give their pick, and then, you know I'll, you know, I'll give my pick, and then we'll discuss the actual winners and see if anybody has any thoughts on that. The one exception is we're not going to do that for the worst categories, because I figured it'd just be a lot of people like, you know, like, first of all, worst is very negative. We were just negative enough about Wrestle Kingdom. But very quick, I'm just going to give the winners for these two worst categories, or, you know, the winners as it were. Uh, The worst show of the year went to uh, WWE WrestleMania 33 April 2nd, Camping World Stadium Orlando, and received eight votes. Second place was a three-way tie with Backlash Battleground, and New Japan Destruction Fukushima. All three of those received three votes. Um, and tied for fifth was Impact, Bound for Glory, and Payback from April 30th. WWE Payback both tied with two votes. Um, at least three other WWE shows received one vote. The Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, and Survivor Series. So An impressive showing by WWE in this category with seven different pay-per-views receiving at least one vote. Uh, the other one voted were Wrestle Kingdom Eleven, um, the new New Beginning in Sapporo from February fifth, and GCW presents Joey Janela's Spring Break. Worst promotion. The winner was WWE with eleven votes. Uh, a was second with five votes. No one Impact tied for a third with two votes. A lot of promotions received one vote. New Japan, CDW. ICW, CWF Mid-Atlantic or CWA Mid-Atlantic, whatever the hell it is. Lucha Underground and Flow Slam, which is my favorite vote. That was Jesse, actually. Um, but WWE running away with this and getting ending up in double digits didn't really surprise me. They did not have a good year. Best Promotion. Well, that's good because we just have Worst Promotion. And the winner for Best Promotion uh, So those awards, by the way, they were Category B, so it was like one vote because everybody picked one promotion or one show. Now we're moving into a 5-3-2 system where everybody picked their top three. So, you know, that's why I want to talk about points here. And I'll also tell you how many first-place votes they got. Um, so first of all, let's start with Sean again. Um, best promotion. Sean, just talk, talk to me about your ballot. Who'd you vote for? And why did you make those picks?
6: Okay. So my number one was New Japan, which I feel like, I think, and not just in these awards, but like the like the observer awards for example i think that's gonna be highly placed for a lot of people so that's not really a surprise they did have a pretty fantastic year um my second and third place promotions might seem a little odd because i went with uh ring of honor and evolve but i have to just clarify that um there were only four promotions this year that i was able to actually watch consistently and I was not going to put WWE in my promotion of the year list at all. So I was just kind of left with Ring of Honor and Evolve, just because you know those four were just the ones that I was able to watch. Yeah, because you know, sense. you know, life life is busy, and you know, I only have time for so many things. Even though I would, you know, I love yeah. to watch more. Um, Evolve had a lot of great matches this year. Um, definitely more than Ring of Honor, but I I, I I guess I decided to put Ring of Honor above in this case, just because I think they they deserve a little bit of recognition for the fact that they had their best year ever with their attendance and had drawing so many uh, big houses, you know, 3,500 or whatever it was in Orlando or, or Lakeland, I guess. And then the big number they drew in Chicago. And then just in general, you know, just had a, the their best business year ever. So I, I felt like that, you know, even though I liked more matches from evolve this year, I think ring of honor did deserve a little recognition for, for the, for the year they had on the business side of things.
3: Yeah, it is supposed to have a business component. That's a good point. Okay, Michael, who did you have in your top three?
2: Well, my number one, which kind of like how Sean said before, was New Japan. And I think that's going to be a pretty high vote amongst both this and the observer ballots. There's really not a whole lot to get into there. My number two was Progress. And this will... To be quite honest, this is one of the hardest categories for me on the awards. And what led me to do progress was both their their expansion to the United States, running shows both in uh in New York and in Orlando and that one show in Boston, but also the way that they've expanded across the <laughs> across the year. Their booking got really kind of tired towards the end. I completely disagree what they how they built up Travis Banks post Super Strong Style 16, but Business-wise, they've really kind of led the forefront of the uh, Brit Indies, and we'll see how they do next year trying to sell out Wembley. My number three was AEW, and for me, I really respect how they've really cultivated almost like a miniature territory in the Chicagoland area, and constantly you're hearing match after match and show after show that in a lot of ways, I feel like they kind of supplanted PWG as the premier super indie in America, and Considering that a lot of other promotions had kind of down years from what I've watched, those three kind of turned out to be how I saw my ballot.
3: Very cool. Um, so, Connor, you're up next. Who do you got in your top three promotion of the year?
4: Okay, so I don't give a fuck about the business aspects, and that'll be reflected <laughs> in my choices here. Uh, I'll cool. go, like, I'll go a order. Number three was hard hit, um, which I picked because it's, yeah. it's hard and it's hit. It's some, like, uh, good, nice, fun action with a Karasato and the boys uh, just doing some shoot style, and it's great. Number two was Big Japan. Now, perhaps this should have parentheses saying about maybe the first half of the year, perhaps, because, well, the first half of the year had, you know, it had a lot of potential, it had the junior division coming up, had a lot of, like, nice... uh, action and strong division as we all saw the second half sort of um became a bit of a state really you know us and like <clears throat> when like uh people like kamatani and hashimoto were being built up and it was shit uh but for the first six months uh and also and also like uh during those last six months the deathmatch division continued to be a spotlight a highlight rather um so yeah, even though like there have been downs, definitely, BGW, I still think is my second favorite promotion. And my first favorite promotion is New Japan. Actually, it's no, it's not. It's fucking <laughs> Noah. Noah <laughs> to be born uh, forever uh, because for all year I've been watching it and I've seen it grow from something which has very much potential, has a lot of under-the-radar stuff, to now being something which, like all Japan, has managed to Sort of get the swell of growth from f- finally finding the right ace in Kenro. Um, they so, closed
3: really strongly,
4: for sure. Abs Absolutely, I, man. You got the global league and then a witch navigation. Yeah,
3: I just I, I will say like I didn't I did understand few few votes more than the two people who voted for Noah Worth Promotion. I hope it wasn't somebody on this podcast that I'm now burying, but they, they can tell me later, I guess. But I, I fucking most, hope not. I didn't, if, I didn't really if, this
4: were, if this were a conference room where we are all in, I'd be, like, darting my eyes around suspiciously right now.
3: <laughs> JR, what did you have in Promotion of the Year?
7: Uh, so I actually abstained from the Promotion of the oh, Year Oh, yeah, that's right, you did. Um, yeah. and, and, like, that's because, like, I think that for a promotion to like, for me to actually acknowledge a promotion being good for an entire year, I have to be able to like, look back on that promotion and think about something that I looked forward to that like kept me watching aside from just like a a matchup or like a, you know, a dream match or a main event or something like that. Like, so any promotion that i watched like it just seems like the trend of wrestling in general is less away from sort of like angle driven stuff and more just towards like these guys are fighting now like aren't they going to be good at fighting and um while it makes for good wrestling watching i don't necessarily think that it makes for interesting promotion so i uh, i abstained also i watch a lot of cmll and that promotion is terrible so i, <laughs> I couldn't uh, by any rights, vote for the promotions that I watch. So, I'm saying,
3: okay, that's fair. Um, let's see, Jesse, who did you vote for for promotion of the year?
9: I also didn't vote based on attendance, straws, or anything. And I'll go in reverse order. My number three promotion was IGF New for the like three shows they ran. Mm. I thought they were just a lot of fun, something really different that we haven't seen in a while. My number two promotion was Russell One. Especially after Ashino won the title, I thought they finally exercised some of the demons that people had in the past about their booking, and they've excelled in that regard. And then my number one was DDT. I thought they were the most consistent promotion of the year by far. I loved them. They were just amazing last year.
3: I agree. Um, (laughs) All right. Alex, who did you have for promotion of the year?
10: Uh, I'll follow some people going to reverse order. My number three pick was Oz Academy. To me, they're the number one Joshi promotion, and I did put attendance in consideration. Part of it was because they had that big house in Yokohama that was just a bit over 3,700 people. And then they also ran the Monami Toyota show, which is a good pick. And also, unlike one of my other favorite Joshi promotions, Sendai Girls, the champions hold on to the titles for a bit. It's not a flip-flop or whatever. Like, Hirio Masamoto held on to the title for almost a year, then she passed it on. And I could tell where stories were going. They they weren't the hottest, maybe. They weren't the most exciting, but I could tell where stories were going, and I can appreciate that for promotion, especially considering some of the other promotions I've watched throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, Second place is New Japan. Uh, They're big... They draw a lot of people. They make money. I like a lot of those people. I don't always agree with who wins and who loses. But I enjoy a good match. I don't always enjoy the juniors, but that's with personal bias. But New Japan's my second pick. And my number one pick is All Japan Pro Wrestling. Because this year is a continuation of last year. They've just been accelerating up in a nice growth pattern. I think it's pole on Twitter, who did the graph of the quarterback attendances, and All Japan has had, like, the most su- sustained rise. And then also this year in Champions Carnival, that one guy in the crowd got upset that Joe lost to Shuji Chikawa, and he, like, tossed his chair or something. And that made my year for All Japan <laughs> that a fan got upset Joe lost and he tossed his chair.
3: <laughs> uh, thank you, Alex. Let's. I'm going to try to go to down again, because I think we have our issues resolved. Uh Dylan, you there.
5: Uh thank you, John. What was that all about? You trying to X know. me out here? I think that's so, what it is. Do uh... we have Heath.
3: <laughs> Who is your promotion <laughs> of the Year? Oh, okay.
5: My promotions of the Year. Okay, I'll go three to one like everyone else, all the smart people did, uh, on this podcast. My number three promotion was uh, the West Side Extreme Wrestling Promotion out of Germany. They mm-hmm. had their 18th anniversary this year had so much great action in both the single scene and the tag division uh, up and down the year. Both of their tournaments are well worth a watch, uh, WXW Now. Great commentary, production. I really loved a lot of their matches, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those later on as well. Uh, Really worthwhile promotion to follow, especially if it's something a little different, a little out there. And their style in general (coughs) resonates with me personally. My number two promotion was the Ice Ribbon Joshi promotion because i'm a special person <laughs> and also because i really like in wrestling you talk about new japan alex just talked about it on her turn about how sometimes you can watch wrestling and the wrestling itself can be really great but the booking really kind of throws things out of whack sometimes with ice Riven, i think they've been the best booked promotion out of pretty much anyone risa sarah is not a great pro wrestler but as an ace she really has been built so well, and I really enjoy following her. And they have a lot of great talent uh, when people aren't getting stabbed or anything like that. My, <laughs> number, my, number one, my number one promotion is like my boy Connor said earlier. Uh, I was going to represent him back-to-back, but he made a great case for it. Noah the Live, as we know oh, now, yeah. is, is <laughs> number one promotion of the year. I love everything they've done. I think they actually kind of got underrated. In terms of how bad things were, because they were going to be bad no matter what they did. And I said all along on my, my other show, my podcast, that if they do everything right, it will come, it will all work out in the end. And we're starting to see it, but it would take like a year or whatever. And basically, a year later from where we were, it started to come around. So that's my promotion of the year, John. It's a good pick.
3: Um, it was very close to making my list. Uh, Lawson, you're our final person here for promotion of the year. who did you have?
8: All right, so for number three, this was actually really hard for me. Uh, I eventually came up with uh, PWG, which I know they get a lot of like flack for being really like uh, dispensable and like they don't have a ton of storylines. But I think for me, that's what I actually enjoy about them because uh, I like whenever they have a show, I can just uh, get it and then just watch it. And it just feels like, and it, it just makes me feel it's just a fun time. <laughs> it's like a, it's like having a little party just watching mm-hmm. their shows. And then um, almost the opposite of that for my number two was uh, Progress uh, because I feel like show to show, there's no other promotion that has like character development and storytelling that I that I follow as closely as Progress that uh, really gets me engrossed into their product. I mean, there were so many good things that they did this year, I think, with like Pete Dunn's title reign and um, the rise of characters like uh, Travis Banks and... Uh, jack sack smith there's a lot of things that i really got into um and the super strong style tournament i think was just really great and a lot of fun and um my number one is uh new japan i think for all the reasons that have been discussed at length uh so those were my three promotions of the year all
3: right thank you lawson um i'm gonna give my three real fast uh, i had i'll go reverse order i guess that seems to be the cool thing i had new japan third um had a lot of really cool matches and a lot of really good high-end stuff, but like um if I had to, you know, just explain why I didn't have them higher, just like the <clears throat> the the month to month like storylines can sometimes get very boring. And I thought I should honestly mark mark them down a little bit for the that like September and October were just like so I didn't two of the worst months of any wrestling promotion this year, unfortunately, I thought, because I thought the destruction show the destruction shows are all pretty bad and King of Pro Wrestling I thought was not very good either. So that's basically why I only have them third here. Um I got <coughs> Japan second. Um you know I thought they showed great growth again as others have said and I thought the tag division in particular was really really um underrated and underreported for just really high quality even before you got to the World Tag League and I had DDT first. I thought they were um to echo what Jesse said almost a perfect promotion this year. Pretty much I thought almost everything they did was really really good. Um you know, and again, showed drew plenty of big houses too when you look at Peter Pan and a pretty good number in the Saitama main arena. So those were my picks. And Now I'm going to give the official results where New Japan did run away with it. They were first place with 103 points, including 18 first-place votes. DDT finished second, 36 points, four first-place votes. All Japan finished third, 20 points, two first-place. Noah finished fourth, 18 points, three first-place. And Progress finished fifth with 13 points. The um, only other promotion that received a first-place vote was Pro Wrestling Eve out of England, so there we go. Um, anyone have any thoughts on the results real quick before you move on? No. No? Okay. <laughs> um, then we can move on to the next category we're going to be talking about, which is Feud of the Year. Um, again, people pick three feuds, and we'll start with mr sean cedar again sean go ahead okay so uh i was kind of really
6: struggling to pick a number three i honestly kind of just picked the first thing that came to my mind and that was and and i and i should preface too that my picks are basically just based off of entirely just in ring no re- i didn't really take storylines that much into consideration um but number three i ended up going with uh Kushida versus Hiromo takashi from new japan uh, just because I liked, I really liked their Wrestle Kingdom match, and I really liked their Dominion match. I thought both matches were awesome, and I really liked the fact that they did something different with their second match, where hiromu basically squashed Kushida like two minutes. So I I thought it was cool that they did something like really unique and different with that, because that's something that in New Japan you really don't see, especially with the, you know a major singles title like like that. So. Um, and I, I, obviously I don't agree with the fact that you know Hero- that it ended with Kushida winning the title back and whatnot but from an in ring standpoint I thought it was a uh, some some great stuff from those two. Uh second I actually went with um, New Day versus the Usos from WWE and go to go back to why I said on the in ring part I certainly did not pick this one number 2 based on the, the rap battle they had on Smackdown where the Usos referenced I think the, whatever sex tape or something that Xavier was had, but yeah, I think you know New Day and Usos were, as far as like a feud like in ring, probably the best thing WWE produced this year. And it wasn't even close. I mean, easily the best, some of the best tacking stuff in at least in North America, um, and yeah, most of the matches on pay per view were pretty awesome. Um, and then my number one feud was Okada versus Omega from New Japan again. They're what else needs to be said about the three matches. Um, you know, they were, I mean, I think that their match is pretty awesome, but I'll get back. I'll get to that later. But, you know, the first one was, you know, pretty, uh, it was not only a fantastic match, but, you know, it's a, I used to say a historic match for new Japan. Cause you know, it was the attention that that match got. Cause of the whole six star thing that, you know, uh, I guess got more attention on new Japan. And then obviously, oh. you know I thought their second match was, was pretty good too. So, Yeah, Okada versus Omega is my number
3: one. All right, thanks, Sean. Uh, Michael, who did you have in Feud of the Year?
2: All right, so going from bottom up, my number three was Takashita versus Endo and DDT, just because I really enjoy a good generational feud. And I think that... Really, that's, that's been the feud that's been pushing that company forward. And especially this year as they made the growth, as you said, John, of like Peter Pan and other shows. So I've been really impressed with that. And I think it's one of the, those feuds that will kind of remain on everyone's lips for the next few years. Uh, number two was one of my few Dragon Gate votes. which just kind of funny, me being Dragon Gate, my home promotion, is the Maximum <laughs> versus Jimmy's feud. And Dragon Gate had a really rough year, especially the first half of it. So have the Maximum versus Jimmy's feud was kind of Dragon Gate getting back to its roots and having a good unit versus unit. To be honest, it was the, the one of the few highlights of Dragon Gates here. And then my number one was Okada versus Omega. And uh mainly just because of the the first two matches. I know John, you and I kind of differ on the third match a bit, but uh I I, I really respect how it brought people in from outside Japan, especially with what how New Japan is pushing Kenny Omega and using his his kind of draw in tandem with the Young Bucks to bring people in. And then the first two matches, at least, I thought were tremendous. So those are my feuds of the year.
3: All right, thanks, Mike. And Connor, give me your picks for Feud of the Year.
4: My third place is a Shakespearean Tragedy. And I'm talking about when uh, Kero's dad came back to right. Noah, uh, he returned to Noah, and I was very happy because I love Ikeda as should everyone. But then it turns out he was there to lose a bunch of tag matches. It was mm-hmm. a it was a very tragic feud. Can and can I you thought...
3: read? Do you, do you know? Do you remember really exactly how you put it? Because I love it. It just says Kano's dad Ikeda came to tape his fist and lose tag matches,
4: and he's all and out he's of all tape. Out of tape. Yeah, and I'm sad he was out of tape. But mm-hmm. I digress. Pretty like I, I put that feud down as my number three because just to acknowledge that one of my favorite wrestles exists, even if it's as a laughing stock for, <laughs> Uchida. And then my second place was a much better feud, which was Murakami versus IGF, as Jesse was uh, alluding to, with her pick of IGF New as her favorite second favorite promotion. Um, Murakami coming in and him turning out to be just as good as he ever was, except this time he's got a suit on while he wrestles. It was just lovely stuff, him uh, taking out all these goofs like uh, Okuda and Numazawa. It was just absolutely wonderful to see Um, and I wish that it it made more people book him as in Noah should be getting his hands, uh, their hands on Murakami, I think. And my number one pick was uh, one of the main reasons I chose BJW as my number two promotion was uh, Hideki Suzuki uh, as the BGW invader uh, as a strong champion. Um, I I think that Hideki is one of the uh, best going today. And he's sort of the reason why, like, uh, whenever I look at rankings, it's sort of like, you know, instead of like, I don't think of a mountain rush more, I sort of more want a terracotta army because so many guys are good and it's so hard to boil them down into one, two, three or something like that. But Hiraki is like, definitely ranks among them um, because he's just like such a sound wrestler. And in BGW, which. If I were to say, maybe it would be like a King's Road, Neo t- 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 sort of style. He stands it so much. And in him, like winning the title from Sekimoto, uh, defending it against guys like Okabayashi and uh, Kawakami, um, it just felt like such a foreign agent was here. And that's how the guys in the promotion reacted. It's what I, I find. They were sort of like, you know, uh, this isn't how it's supposed to be you're meant to just like come in and then like be beaten up and then we respectfully shake hands you're not supposed to beat us and yeah. so the dynamic of him being this champion who you know really grew to sort of like have this real tension between him and the and the sort of like main roster it was just uh great and i wish like um they just didn't run out of guys to feed him because then it would have continued to be a good storyline but in any case, it is my number one.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 really thought about voting for it too, but just uh, the way it ended kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But mm-hmm. the first half of the year, if I was gonna do like best few the first half of the year, probably be up there. Uh, yeah, thanks for your picks, Connor and Dylan. <coughs> what do you got for Fear of the year?
4: When
5: it comes to my feuds of the year, I have three. Like I actually no, I actually had four that I said to in just mm-hmm. in case. But uh, I, I wanted it to be unique. But I think my number one counted. You never really. Said
3: yeah, that. it did. It did count, I think.
5: I don't want to go too too far into this. But my number three <laughs> feud of the year was a feud from Mexico in CMLL. It was the feud between two great luchadores that will be on the Fantastica Mania tour and actually are going to be continuing their feud on the Fantastica Mania tour, which is so- Soberano Jr. And versus Sanson. In in Mexico, these two guys are very new. Soberano's not as new as Sanson, but he's just now getting a push. Really, it started last year at Fantasticomania Mania again. When he got back, he suddenly got shot up the cards. He's been winning a lot of things. Sanson is a part of an amazing trio, um, the Nuevas Generación Dinamitas, with his brother and his cousin. And but he's the one that got to the main singles push, and he's had many great matches against Soberano. Great standout moments, a great storyline. Even they had a match on for the Danielos Muertos show. They had a seven-man gauntlet, and they came down to them at the end in October. They had a singles match in April, which was very good. And many, many great trios matches that you should check out. My favorite being Soberano teaming up with Angel de Oro and Diemna Roja, taking on Sanson, Cuatrero, and Forastero. That was on October 20th, I believe. And it was a great match, lots of great matches. Really just an in-ring storyline for now. But those guys are going to be feuding for a long time and eternal rivals in CMLL. Mm-hmm. My number two feud comes from Noah the Reborn. And mm-hmm. it was a team of Double X, Taiji Ishimori, and Hiroki taking on the Rattles team. Of, well, they actually had a bunch of different combinations, but yeah. it was usually Yohei and Hayata that was against them. Um, yes, they really had many... Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know you really liked them when I was on, <coughs> John. Yeah. their match they had at the, or uh, Hayata and Yohei's match with uh, NWA too. So all these indie guys in Noah these years that um, have really stood out and the Rattels are the main kind of focus of that kind of philosophy. Hayata and Yohei, these guys come from Dove Pro and all these other places. They, they wrestled in the deep underground of the pro Wrestling scene. Ishimori, he's someone that I feel like doesn't get a lot of credit, you know, his wrestling, he's known as this high flyer, but he's also a great technician on the mat. He's very well-rounded. And Hiroki, he tries his best. But <laughs> he, he actually he, he fits in pretty well with Ishimori,
4: though. They've actually
5: been a really great tag team, and that feud has been great. They've had many great tag matches early on. There was an eight-man, like two out of three falls match at some point this year, which was um, something that uh, isn't really done a lot. And Noah's tried a lot of things, and I think their junior division has really anchored the company a it, lot of things. For
3: all of Hiroki's other faults, he at least has a great song. theme song. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes, I was so mad that they changed Ishimori's theme song, and his look, too. Ishimori's uh-huh. look in the X team is just horrible. But <laughs> um, the number one feud I have in my feud of the year wasn't from Noah, but it, was in, it wasn't in, even in Mexico, but it was from Lucha. It was the Killshot versus Dante Fox feud, filmed all the way, like, 20 years ago, it feels <laughs> like. <laughs> but uh, it just aired like the very at the very end of the year so i i threw it in there i just love for some reason i don't know how many people have seen Lucha underground but i love kill shots vignettes of him shooting people in the desert like <laughs> obvious terrorist people i i really love that <laughs> i for some reason i thought that that whole vignette was really fun and well done and there are a few that ended in a really amazing match. They had a lot of like tag team matches and twists and turns as Lucha Underground seems to do things. I was just so happy because Lucha Underground is a promotion that sometimes does crazy bullcrap, <laughs> you know, a lot of times like aliens and time traveling and gods and power gloves. It's just all terrible. But to me, this was something I kind of thought was more realistic in a, in a weird way. And the Hell of War match, which was on Ultima Lucha actually had like a spectacular finishing segment. It was a great match, a really brutal match too. Well, well, I don't know how to explain this, but it wasn't a contrived brawl or a hardcore match. It was like a a match filled with hatred. And I really Mm -hmm. loved that. So, Killshot, Dante,
7: Fox, great feud.
3: Thanks, Dylan. Uh, JR, you're up now for feud of the year. What do you got?
7: Uh, All right. So... um... Uh, my number three uh, was Braun versus Roman, actually, um, which is uh, uh, certainly a feud that had peaks and valleys, let's say. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure that, uh, like, let's say five years from now, when I'm thinking back on what 2017 was like, and people are like, hey, what were the feuds you remember from 2017? Um I'll probably remember like the stupid stuff like you know tipping over the ambulance and things like that more than I'll remember like you know uh a 3 month feud with better matches and things there or like the 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 memification that the WWE has undergone mm-hmm. willingly I think uh, sort of worked in this regard for Braun versus Roman for me and uh, and that's why it's my number 3 um before I was, I was surprised,
3: that this can get more support. Like your yeah, vote ended I mean, being, your vote ended up being the only one. I thought I thought this was gonna get more support than
7: that. Yeah, like and realistically, like I thought the matches. I think they have pretty good chemistry. You know, I mean, yeah. like if it had been for a major title, I think that a lot of people would have had more support, right? But it, like it ended up just being sort of like a random mid card feud, essentially. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So. I mean the WWE can't book its way out of a paper bag at this point, right? <laughs> like so it's um but uh, my number two is uh is Microman and Gaito versus Mihe and Zacharias, um, who are the four mascots of CMLL. Um they uh they had a bunch of matches this year. Um the same match basically over and over again with, with uh, minor variations. They got better and better. As they went on, um, you know, I think sometimes uh, we forget when we watch wrestling with a critical eye, or we watch as much wrestling as everybody on this podcast does, and probably listening to this podcast does. That, like, on some level, wrestling is supposed to make us happy, right? Like, and and there should be nothing more than that. Like, was their feud the best feud ever? In turn, like. It wasn't even a story, right? And, like, the matches are good in, like, a way that, because I watched the matches, I had a smile on my face most of the time. And, like, I joked about them with my friends. And, like, really, like, that's what I want out of wrestling sometimes. I don't need to—wrestling doesn't need to be a movie. Uh, you know, wrestling can just be wrestling. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Um, and then my number one feud of the year was Dylan's number three, uh, Sanson versus Soberano um you know uh, i'm not going to repeat what he said cuz it's boring radio uh but uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen some of the stuff that they did this year it's really great um you know you may remember Sobrano from Fantastic Mania last year where he, he really did have sort of a breakout um and uh you know other guys that have had breakouts in Fantastic Mania like Guerrero Maya Jr um like CMLL really didn't capitalize on but they clearly Silverado is basically the only person they've pushed effectively in like a decade. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the sorting hat that determines CMLL's booking somehow managed uh, to figure this one out. I mean, like when you consider they didn't even man like this is a company that has Dragon Lee and he's like not featured heavily, right? Like, uh, so yeah, they they sort of lucked into it and uh, and managed not to screw it up and. Uh, and it was it was good for all of us.
3: All right. Thanks, JR. Uh, Jesse, what picks did you have for Feud of the Year?
9: So my number three Feud of the Year was Enfant Terrible versus New Era from Russell 1. From Machino beating literally everyone in New Era to Kodama turning on New Era. And then Tachibana joining Enfant Terrible. And eh? or However he does it. Uh, it just carried the promotion in Russell 1. And it was a lot of fun. Can I just um, say
3: if, if you people out there have not seen that Kodama turn, it's still my favorite angle the entire year, at least go find the GIF of it. I love that turn so much. Yeah. I'm like flipping them off like a crazy person. It
9: was really uh, good and they had teased it for months. So when it finally happened, it was it was great. Uh my number two feud was Daisuke Sasaki versus Ken Oka. From Sasaki stealing Oka's money to his title and then Oka getting the title back in the end. It was just a lot of fun. And then my number one feud of the year was another from something else from DDT, and that was Konosuke Takashita versus Naomi Yoshimura. Uh, it happened during the summer. Yoshimura is from DNA, and he had one of the right to challenge contracts. And the whole storyline was Takashita, for, for years, has made Yoshimura's life a living hell. And Yoshimura even stole Takashita's mom. It was just hilarious. <laughs> and I thought it was the best thing Takashita did all year, even better than the Indo stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty. The, those promos, especially once you read the translations of all the increasingly bizarre things, he kept accusing Yoshimura. Yeah, we found
9: of. out that uh, Yoshimura is a huge fan of Zeus from all Japan as well. You know, yeah. he wants to be in the big guns too. <laughs>
3: so. that's, that's a good person to pat <laughs> yourself after. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Alex, who'd you have for you of the year?
10: Uh, I only chose two fuse because, honest to God, I felt like I barely watched any wrestling last year, <laughs> and I couldn't come up with the third one. So my second-place pick was Zussis versus Princessa suhe from CMLL. And after, like, Sombra left and after La, La Mascara and Grand Matalik left, I felt like I had barely any reason to watch CMLL because, honestly, Los ingar in Los Ingobernables right now, I can't care about. I just can't. And Zussis versus Francisco Suhei is like the one thing in CMLL that I felt like I'm invested in this. I want to see what happens. From like that women's tournament like last year and then Anniversario, that was the one thing in CMLL that I was keyed into. Besides that, it was just individual wrestlers. And so... That was also, like, my big thing in CML in 2017, just Zeus versus Francisco Suhe. And my number one feud was The Usos versus New Day. Like, it's already been talked about on the podcast, but basically, if you want to, check out their match at Hell in the Cell. That was the best sh- match on that show, one of my favorite WWE matches of 2017. It was very good, and what I want out of WWE-style wrestling.
3: Thanks, Alex. Um, Jr. had something to add too for the for the Zeusis feud. What were you going to say, Jr.
7: Yeah, I mean, I I, I just wanted you know because I I, I watch a lot of CMLL and and I support that pick a hundred percent. You know, uh, and I I just want to say you know if people as people are putting together their uh, match of the year ballots and things like that, um, you know, I think that the blow off the the mask match between Zeus and Suhit is uh is really really good. Um, it sort of got overshadowed because the Niebla Roja uh Grand Guerrero match that main event at Anniversario was like better than people expected. But uh, you know, if that match had been the best match on the show, like if those two um you know the guys had took to the bed, then um like people would really really talk about that match as being one of the high points in ring for CMLL this year. Uh, I would say that it's the best women's match that happened in north character this year too um damning with faint praise uh you know i i would tell people to strongly seek out at least the conclusion of that match which like all cmll is free on youtube so.
3: all right thanks jr um lawson feud of the year what do you got
8: yeah well i also i wanted to give props to dylan for including uh Killshot and dante fox just because i know lucha underground kind of like completely disappeared off the radar for a lot of people. And uh, I also enjoyed that feud a lot. For me, this was really hard. So I guess I kind of just, I wanted like uh, feuds that had match quality, but then one of them was kind of a weird one. So for my number three, I had Setsuya Naito versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, just because I thought their trilogy of matches was just excellently done. And pretty much, I wouldn't change anything about any of those matches. I just think uh, the way they did it, was pretty perfect and they told a really great story for both uh, for both men involved. And then um my number two is actually uh WWE versus the elite. Uh now I know it's not like it's like a shoot, I guess, or whatever, but like I just feel like I was so invested in what was going on with that because it's like like what better story could you tell than like the corporate giant entity coming after like a bunch of indie guys who were just basically just messing around. And the fact that they actually like sold for them, that they actually like went out and got a cease and desist, just like the acts that it went through. I just thought uh, from like, from the, uh, from them, uh, pretending there was a cease and desist to then there actually was one. to then Jimmy, J- to the invasion on, Jimmy Jacobs getting fired. I just thought like uh, it was just a fascinating thing to follow. And I just, uh, was I, I was just very compelled by that whole situation um and then my number one feud of the year was uh jinder mahal versus randy Orton. no it wasn't it was uh kenny omega versus kazuchika okada um i mean what else is there to say the two of my favorite two my two favorite matches of all time come from this three-match series so this was always going to be my number one pick for a feud of the year
3: all Right. Fair, fair enough thanks lawson so my three picks, I had um, Takashita Endo in third. Um, I like the match. I like the hour draw more than a lot of other people did. And I like the Peter Pan match more than a lot of other people did. Um, you know, I think probably I, I can see the criticisms that I got repetitive, but like like Mike's like Mike, I also really really enjoy um, you know a good generational rivalry, and hopefully Endo can finally get his big win in a title match at some point. Um, and second place, I had Hiromu and Kushida. Um, the only thing keeping this out of first for me was how it ended, because I thought the ending was incredibly stupid, how Kushida, you know, fired back up basically and ended up winning the feud, which he never should have won. But everything up through Sakura Genesis was so perfect that I felt like it, I had to vote it second. Um, it was like the perfect way to make a new star. The matches were all great. And then that the, you know, the, the, or the actual, the first match was really great. Um, even the Dominion match where, he, where Homer lost, which is a really stupid result, that match is still great. And, you know, the Sakura Genesis thing was one of the most shocking moments, I think, that I've ever seen, honestly. Like, and I was watching it unspoiled, and just to see that match end in two minutes was really um, just kind of amazing. Uh, and in first place, I had Naito and Tanahashi. Um, you know, I just thought they had a really great feud with some really inspired character work, too, if you were paying close-up attention to see the the other stuff that was going on with Naito, you know, trying to destroy that belt and pay for his groceries with it and all that shit. And Tanahashi eventually rescuing the title, you know, having to prove that he was still the ace, quote-unquote. But, um, yeah, I thought I thought this was just the best year. Of the year. Um, all right, the results. Obviously, Okada and Omega from New Japan won the – took first place, 72 points, 12 first-place votes. Uh, naito and tanahashi did come in second with 41 points four first place votes new day and the usos came in third with 38 points three first place um omega and tomohiro ishii came in fourth with 10 points one first place vote i'm um, using the first place votes as a tiebreaker because then fifth place was hiromu kishida which had 10 points there's a lot of the stuff that received the first place vote some of the some of which we talked about um when each person gave their own pick but a couple other ones uh miyajara and Ishikawa and all japan david Starr and walter in wxw um rush in la park and lucha indies and i think that's pretty much oh and alan and page and evolve and a little tie against queen quest and stardom along with the ones people gave their picks for all right so we're going to move on now to the most outstanding wrestler so this would be strictly in ring work no, you know, no other considerations for you know who's most valuable to the promotion or business metrics or anything else, just in ring work. So, Sean, give me your top three for most outstanding wrestler. So, my number three,
6: I actually went with Tomohiro Ishii. Um, now, I know his sort of the beginning of his year and sort of the end of his year, he really wasn't doing doing much. You know, the beginning he was stuck in that tag team with Yano and then the end he really wasn't doing much but even even when he was like even when he had the every time he had the opportunity to shine he was amazing uh the the feud with Omega was awesome and of course his G1 was stellar as usual um at least at least for me for my money he was the most consistent performer in the G1 as far as like match quality is concerned um and yeah so Ishii's Ishii wasn't easy even though he didn't you know have a great year all year he was an easy number three for me um i have naito at number two um yeah he, i i don't know what really to say other than you know he had a great year you know the matches with tanahashi were all great um i loved his match with kota Ibushi from the first night of the g1 and his uh g1 winning his g1 victory over omega in the finals both of those matches were incredible and then the match he had with Michael Elgin at the beginning of February was also pretty awesome. So, on all, all, he had a great year, but I just had to go with Kenny Omega as my number one. Um, just when I was looking at my – just thinking about my top ten list for the Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year uh, poll, uh, I think uh, Omega for me had sort of like – I because I gave a lot of five-star matches this year – and just looking at my list, Omega just edged out Naito in terms of how many five-star matches they had. I think if I discount, if I discount the one they had against each other, uh, I think Omega for me had five matches that I had five, while Naito had four. So, I mean, I, I, I think that, in my personal opinion, I think Kenny Omega is the best in the world in, like, big match situations, like if you put him like in a big spot, like Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion or a big G one show, you know, is there? I I seriously doubt that there's anyone else better in the world than Kenny Omega.
3: Um, can I ask what were your four? Uh, what were your four uh, five star matches for Naito? Because I consider myself a pretty big Naito fan, obviously, and I only have two. So, um, so
6: I I had the Elgin match in February. Yeah, I had that too. I uh, would think a lot of people had. Mm. Uh, I was looking at back in my ratings. I think I actually gave the match with Tanahashi from Dominion five stars. Okay.
3: See that I, I went four and a half on that. So that there's one. Okay. And then I, okay. I had Night five. I don't know if that's what...
6: yeah, yeah. And then I had uh, Omega uh, Night from the finals of okay. the G1, yeah. which
3: I'll will get to later. I had that four and three quarters. So there you go. Okay. I was just curious. Thank you, Sean. Um, uh, we just had Kevin Brown join the joined the festivities here. He joined in late. So Kevin, um, we'll get to him and we're we're our most outstanding wrestler and Kevin will give his picks. I'll add him to the rotation here. Michael, what's your most outstanding wrestler?
2: All right. Working from the bottom up, my number three was Pete Dunn and Pete Dunn actually is the only person involved in a, a WWE match that I have even in consideration for my Voices of Wrestling top 10 list. I think that was incredible i i loved when he was over his match with ach at the wwn live super show and really i felt like he had one of the stronger title reigns of the year and it's just real interesting to see how he's kind of done both work half wwe half his his other schedule and even his work with like british strong style was really good even though they didn't have as many matches together outside of a match against ring conf and a match against cck in progress uh my number two is keith lee and, and if you did like a year on i think keith lee would have to really get high consideration for that he kind of was the person that that wwn re- kind of plucked out of ring of honor and from the beginning of the year to the end he's had amazing matches both in both in Evolve and also in PWG, Progress, and AEW. And he's kind of become, like, in a lot of ways, like the new Matt Riddle in the way that he is now kind of the U.S. Indie Ticket Seller Act. So I thought that, but it's mainly due to he has a cripple aura entering. He has amazing matches. Even one of his matches made my match of the year list. And my number one is Kenny Omega for a lot of the same reasons that Sean said.
3: Okay, thanks, Mike. Um, up next, we have Connor. Connor, most outstanding.
4: My number three is Shotaro Asino. Um, to say that he was the person who has totally like put fuel in the fire of Wrestle One's current sort of recovery is, um, I think, definitely a true statement. Uh, this guy, he just presents himself so completely. I've heard people say that like he perhaps he lacks some charisma, but um, I I don't, know, <laughs> I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't see that here. Absolutely not. When I look at him in the ring, I just feel personality, feel intent, feel tension come off every single action he does. Uh, and you know, you can just look at any of his tail defenses, even him versus Inaba, which I found to be a bit long-winded. He made up for it by just being so good and so triumphant a wrestler. So I have him as my number three, someone who who you should definitely check out yeah, he's if awesome. you haven't. Uh, my number two, uh, to go back to one of my feud picks is Kastuni Murakami. Um, simply because uh, you know, it's sort of related to the microman points that uh, JR was making, wherein I... I've grown tired of this whole idea that we should look at wrestling so objectively. We should note down stuff as being technically brilliant or just like five star this, five star that. I just like stuff which makes me happy and which is fun. And when I look at Murakami knocking out fields, he might not be the best, he might not be like the optimal age, but he's fucking fun. And Mm -hmm. I wish he was around more. And my number one pick... Is once again from that green mat baby Purus and Noah. It's um, the leader of the Rattles, and uh, the current junior Heavyweight Champion. And I believe he's done all in the world to deserve that title. He's just been a highly consistent uh, wrestler, wh- whether it's in the tag team division with the Rattles, um, or in or in singles competition, as in. I think he was one of the first I ever saw when I was catching up on 2017 Noah. It just immediately stood out to me. I'm pretty sure I said this last time when I was on this podcast, but he is a lot like Goldberg in that, see his finishing offense, it comes at such an emphatic point in a match and it always ends. If he hits it, then he always wins the match and I feel as if that sort of comfortable repetition is the sort of thing which creates a star, uh, maybe not to the level of Goldberg in the example of Harada, but in that same sort of vein. And uh, John, I must apologize, but I have considered some uh, something other than in ring work. I recently happened upon a picture of him eating soft serve ice cream, <laughs> which slightly influenced my choice.
3: All right, well, I'll, I'll allow it, I guess. Um, but I, I mean, he it, it came outside the voting period, but that match you have a Minoru Tanaka was one of my favorites the entire year.
4: Just yeah, barely made it
3: my top 10 list. That was really, really good. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So, Dylan, what do <laughs> you got for your most outstanding?
5: Why are you asking this? You already know what my choices were, John. I the do. <laughs> I, but...
3: did too, right? no. I know everyone's okay. choices.
5: Yeah, to those <laughs> who don't. Uh, first of all, I, I got to give Connor props for Piggy Harada. Great wrestler love that you're comparing him to Goldberg. That's awesome. I'm still a little bitter for our episode when you could compare Kotoge to Sid of all people.
4: (laughs) That's a good comparison. It's
5: a terrible comparison. But (laughs) I will go go on, uh, put my heat aside and talk about the most outstanding wrestler. First of all, my number three, I have to go Yuji Okabayashi from Big Japan Pro Wrestling, a, a, a really great promotion. That I, I really loved a lot this year, as much as I, everyone else did. Okabayashi has been great in singles wrestling, as well as in his tag team work with Sekimoto, but also in the Psycho Tag League tournament with Shingo Takagi. Yeah, that was I'm an sure. awesome
3: team. Awesome team.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my co-host on Eastern Laird actually predicted Shingo would go to BJW full time next I, year. I
3: wish he would, honestly, because he would be. Uh, yeah, yeah. He would be fucking awesome there.
5: I know. I would love that, too. Uh, Aokabayashi, whether tag or singles, he was actually in my match of the year, which I'll reveal later on. You know, I want to keep the tease going. But he just had an amazing year. Unfortunately, even in Noah, like when he wasn't Uh doing big matches for Big Japan, when he just go in and like team with Uh Moose, how much fun was that? You know? He was just amazing, you know? Uh, In All Japan, he had a great run, uh, again, with the tag team. And he's just a great wrestler. My number two was Tomohiro Ishii from new japan i don't i didn't go to the new japan well often in my awards but when i did i went with ishii the stone pitbull the guy is just incredible in terms of his percentage in terms of my wrestler of the year and the most outstanding i guess in-ring wrestler of the year in this case i really consider consistency and volume a lot um, necessarily more than peak wrestling you know someone who had the best match obviously that would help but I think Ishii is one of the most consistent pro wrestlers around in New Japan. He's someone that always gives a lot of effort. And he, he really comes across well in how he carries himself. At the end of the G1, I've said this on my show before, but at the end of the G1, everyone was pretty much taped up and bandaged up and looking like they were about to die. But when Ishii came out, it was like, oh, he doesn't look that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, I think that's a great thing that he does. He really has a great aura to him. My number one was very obvious, if you know me. Hideki Suzuki, the big boss of ProRes. This guy is an amazing wrestler. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, his style, and like that. But, you know, for me, I just think there's nobody in the world that can make a very much random tag match and make it the best it can be, the way he can, with just little things that he does, with a facial expression he gives, with a move he does at an unexpected time. With the way he carries himself again, like Yishi, I just think that he's an incredible pro wrestler. He had amazing matches for the first half of the year. I think Connor made that point early on about the first half of BJW being great. But even in the matches that weren't quote-unquote great matches, he performed exactly... he like You couldn't have performed his role better than he did in those matches. And I think that's something a lot of people overlook and don't want to admit for some reason. But I just think he's an incredible wrestler, a technician, brawling. He's got everything. And I also want to note before I stop now, both Hideki and Okamiyashi both made the terrible Okami team of Daichi and Kamatani look good in their matches. And I think that alone is worth
3: it. Uh, I want to put asterisk, terrible in Big Japan. Because in all Japan, they just randomly are like a really great team. And then they get back to big Japan. It's like, well, we can't do this for some reason. <laughs> that That is a
8: good point.
5: <laughs> I, I like them in all Japan, too. I, that's fair. Yeah. You're fair, John. I I, I got to concede that point to you. But still, in big Japan, they made them look good. In Therefore big Japan. Yeah. The top
7: three. My
3: um, But yeah, thank you, Dylan. JR, um, let's hear your picks for most outstanding.
7: Uh, all right. So, uh, for similar reasons that I outlined previously, I put, uh, Microman as my number three. Um, also he was undefeated, uh, which is super impressive, right? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, in his rookie year, no less, you know, Asuka had like years of experience before she was undefeated and she lost a battle Royal, right? Microman straight up best wrestler in the world. Um, or number three in this case. Um, number two, uh, I put Wotan, which is, I probably don't agree with. Um, I don't but know you
3: disagree with yourself
7: what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really bad at like ranking wrestlers for time periods. I don't know. like when I put this together, like that seems like a good pick, but now it seems high. I do think <laughs> Wotan had a really good year. And I feel like, um, all of the stuff that we have from him this year is really strong, and I don't know who I'd put uh, above him. But like, I also feel like there's probably better wrestlers out there than him. Um, and then I oh, put man. Roosh number one um, <laughs> for a couple reasons. Um, one, like Roosh had my match of the year and um, was very good in it, and um, I think that when he is motivated and he tries hard. There is, um, no more compelling performer in the world in terms of what I like out of wrestling. Um, two, like, I think Roosh had a pretty good year, uh, saddled with like, period, uh, for 90% of it. And like, if you can have a good year when you have to like walk your lame ass dad through tags and stuff, um, I mean, I think that should count for something. Um, and then also, Roosh had a really good match with Mr. Niebla, which is basically impossible at this point. Um, and so I, I feel like he got a lot out of a little this year um, and still sort of, like, uh, you know, managed for some stretches to, to carry CMLL just by presence, you know, like, um, uh, you know, and I I know that that doesn't really count in ring, um, but I think his aura like really helps matches for me at least, and uh, and that meant a lot. Um, so that's why I picked. Bruce.
3: All right, thanks, Jr. Uh, Jesse. Well, who'd you have for most outstanding?
9: So I also had Chitaro Shino as my third most outstanding wrestler. Uh, if you go on his Twitter account and you look at his bio. It says in English, keep wrestling, classic, and that's what he does. He's not the flashiest guy out there, but what he does is incredibly effective. I just, he's just amazing, and he's going into his third year of wrestling, which is insane for as, as good as he is. Uh, my number two pick was Konosuke Takashita. For as much as I bitch about him on my Twitter account, uh, <laughs> I good. actually uh, think he had a really good year in ring. But my number one was the ECW TV champion, Diceface <laughs> Hockey. Uh, I just thought he had was more consistent than Takashita, and he had really fun matches. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to add. He's just <laughs> the greatest wrestler in the world.
3: <laughs> He's so good. Yes, Dice gets, <laughs> He had an incredible year. All right, thanks, Jesse. Um, Alex, Alex, who did you have in most outstanding?
10: Uh, my most outstanding list is very much uh who I enjoy just watching. No matter who they're against, just uh, if I know they're in a match, I want to try and watch it. So my third pick was Barbaro Cavanario He's one of my favorite guys in CMLL. I just love his wrestling just in general, whether he's in tag match, singles, whatever. Like he is my dude. I don't always like the spit thing he does because I hate spinning in wrestling. But I just love his mismatches. Even when you know there's a bad ref and the ref misses the call and it ruins the match, I love watching the man wrestle. He's just so good, and more people need to watch and love Barbaro Cavanario. I love the man. Who do you have
9: second?
10: Uh, yeah, uh, my second pick was Mascara Dorada slash Grand Metalik. Like it sucks that when you went to WWE, they don't put him in as many matches because like that's the dude you need to watch to believe his like flying techniques and all that stuff is crazy I remember one match in CML he went over the top rope and it looked like he was gonna miss but somehow he still went and got the Rana, and it was just one of those I can't believe a human just did this like to me Grand Metalik is one of those guys that He does so much that you just can't believe a a wrestler can do. And he does it so flawlessly and he makes it look like the easiest thing to do. And he he just makes everything look effortless. And to me, that's just so good. And my number one is one of my favorite wrestlers, Chihiro Hashimoto. She's one of my favorite wrestlers in Japan right now, because especially in the women's side, you don't get a lot of people with that amateur wrestling background and I always say, you know, Japan's freestyle women's wrestling team is the powerhouse of women's freestyle wrestling internationally. So like she came from a high pedigree of amateur wrestling and she brings that to the professional side of the sport. And it's just so good. Her suplexes are great. Her character is fun. And like her suplexes, just everything comes together and I love it.
3: Right, thanks, Alex. Um Lawson also agreed with there said she loved uh, said he loved Chihiro Hashimoto. That'd also agree. great. If I was going to name a Joshi mvp that'd probably be it for me. Um, Lawson, who'd you have in most outstanding?
8: Yeah, so my number three was uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, for all the reasons that people have said before, but also because I this man has mastered a thing that I don't know if it really exists anywhere else, where he's like a sympathetic badass, you know, where he's like, uh, he's he's... <laughs> He shouldn't be big enough to be uh, a badass, and he shouldn't be, like, sympathetic enough to be sympathetic because he's, like, so – like, he's such, like, a stone pit bull, right? But, like, he manages to capture both of those things in all of his performances, and uh, he, j- I just love his selling. His selling, I think, may be the best in the world with his, like – it feels so real. Like, I feel his pain when he's um, receiving offense – and uh, his offense is so simple, but it looks so good. And uh, so he's my number three. I just – I love this dude. Uh, he might be, like my, like, my wrestler of the decade. I love him so much. Um, my number two is uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, all the athletic and fantastic uh, spectacle matches he had all year. Uh, dude puts his body on the line, and I can't – it's weird. It's, like, I feel like <laughs> – I always like nominate him really high for these things, but I never think of him as one of my favorite wrestlers. But I can't deny, like what he, what he brings uh, when he's in between uh, the ropes, especially in a, in a high, uh, a high pressure spot or a big match. Um, and my number one is uh, Kazuchika Okada, who uh, I feel like <laughs> for as much as like he's. Uh, However, however anybody like feels about him, uh, mileage may vary, but I think I'm probably the high man on Okada and I probably have been because he's the guy that drew me into New Japan and therefore into like all Japanese wrestling I've ever watched since then. So he's like basically uh, like what the rock was for me for pro wrestling in general, you know, so I think I'll always look at him with like even more fondness than he gets. Um, from everybody else, because I he's probably been my pick for most outstanding wrestler like every year since like 2014. Like even years when he wasn't champion the whole time or didn't have this like undeniable uh, great matches or feuds. I've always just loved his progression about how uh, the transitions into the rainmakers. He's just he's always adapting and evolving his finishing sequences in ways that surprise me and uh, compel me. And so he's my pick for number one.
3: Okay, Kevin, you. Uh, this is your first category here. So, you joined us late, and you've been on. You're on our CZW episode. So, first of all, welcome back.
1: Uh, and you, but I'm,
3: I'm sorry I missed the first category. I had to drive home. Yeah, you missed like two categories, but it's no big deal. Which ones um, did I miss?
1: Did I miss any ones you, I had strong feelings on?
3: I don't know. You missed promotion and. Um, I think promotion and feud of the year.
1: Yeah. Did anybody else nominate Game Changer Wrestling?
3: Uh, yes, like one of the person did. <laughs> All
1: right, so I don't need to talk about it. Again.
3: <laughs> but um, what? So what's your pick for most outstanding?
1: Okay, most outstanding. I'm just pulling up my ballot to make sure I uh, read the right one here. I'm pretty sure if, if I get these mixed up, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure for this one I had Hirota Takahashi three, which I guess. When he gets to do his stuff, he's still—he'd probably be number one if he got a full year to actually do stuff and not get cut off halfway through by uh, the Marty Skrull train. But even then, even at the Wrestle Kingdom four way, which I guess isn't isn't last year, so I'm kind of just using this to make the point. But where he's out of the match for eighty five percent of it, the ten percent he's doing something is still far and away the most exciting like part of it yeah i can't justify not putting on putting him on here just because he is like the most outstanding guy every time he actually gets to do something yeah and all right so number two is i had nick gage number two who's probably the king of death matches at this point he had the uh he had a whole tournament of great stuff with the Nick Gage Invitational, which if you haven't seen that and you like death matches, I think you have to see it. Mm-hmm. And then like for this part, I like consider promos in there too because every single promo the guy does is great. Mm-hmm. And if, like, if you haven't watched, if you have time, go on AIW's YouTube page and watch the promo oh. he cuts on uh, Tim Donst. And it's... The greatest thing ever it, the only way i can describe it is think if somebody like cuts one of those terrible you're a bitch promos that you hear from progress guys but it's actually really cool <laughs> that's like the best way i can describe it if you've never seen it but yeah. as far as his matches they they're actually good like you wouldn't think he's like very technically sound but he actually is And he also does a one-wing angel now, which means like, yeah, Nick Gage is like three degrees away from Sephiroth now, and it rules.
3: (laughs) And who do you got first?
1: And I also had Rush at number one for basically the same reasons that uh, JR did, so I won't go too far into that one. Obviously, he had a good match with Mr. Niebla. And he's another one that every time he's there, I want to watch him. And even his bad stuff is like, Entertaining, which is hard to do. Like the terrible tags with his dad are like fun to watch, even if they're not actually very good. I don't know how much that makes sense, but like on a match in, match out basis, he's always great. And he also had my, uh, he also had my match of the year too. So I had to get him on there.
3: Uh, all right. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, JR wants to say something. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. So give me one. JR wants to jump in here before I give my picks. So JR, yeah.
7: um, the, the thing about Roosh and, and Pieroth uh, is like while the matches are not good by any stretch of the imagination and like I'll never fight for them being good there is like something inherently sweet about watching them because Pierrot clearly thinks his son is like the coolest dude ever like Pierrot literally got a chest tattoo of the Ingobernables logo, right? <laughs> um, so, like, like, and it's just sort of like, th- there's something heartwarming about watching this, like, obviously deranged wrestle man who's not good at his job. Like look at his son and be like, yeah, my son rules. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, all right. So let me go ahead and give my picks. Now um, I had in third place, I had Konosuke Takashida. A lot of same reasons, Jesse said, you know he, I think even as much as it broke my heart when he won that Endo match, I now realize like two different Tetsuya's losing a main event was <laughs> really upsetting for me in like a six month period, but what are you gonna do? Um, I, I mean he just had outstanding matches or outstanding match. I, I don't I really can't deny it and you know it's really, really outstanding here. Um, second place I had dice Sasaki. Um, I just thought the uniqueness of what he was able to do basically with a dead style you know this like hardcore match like ecw like not death match but just like extreme and just able to have these like outstanding matches month after month and i realized later on it was like the the title reign that i was most compelled by all year long like i really felt like he deserved this award um and then first place i had to see naito um i just thought he had you know at practically every match he was in was you know, every big main event anyway was really outstanding. Um, he was the only guy I gave multiple, two different five star matches to. I thought a lot of his other stuff was really high end. So, you know, I just, I think this was, this was his year as far as M Ring goes, in my opinion anyway. But the voters as a whole disagreed. So let's quickly read through the most outstanding choices here. First place was Kazuchika Okada, 57 points, eight first place votes. Kenny Omega finished second with 40 points, four first place votes. Um, third was Naito. He had 28 points. Interestingly enough, also with four first-place votes. Um, Tomohiro Ishii finished in fourth with 16 points. He didn't receive any first-place votes. Um Isuke Sasaki came in fifth, 15 points, two first place. Hideki Suzuki came in seven, in sixth with 13 points, two first place. Takashita came in seventh with 13 points. Uh, Tanahashi came in eighth with 12 points, one first-place vote. And Roosh came in ninth with 10 points, two first place votes. The only people to track, uh, to crack double digits. Um, Others who received the first place vote, um, Arisa Nakajima, Daisuke Harada, AJ Styles, Suji Ishikawa, Kota Ibushi, and Jihiro Hashimoto. So there you go, (coughs) the most outstanding wrestler. All right, so up next, we're going to move on to best major show of the year. Uh, And we'll start with you, Sean. What do you have?
6: All right, so my number three—I actually had a really, really hard time picking my number three. Like, I—I I literally sat in my chair for like a good like half hour just thinking about what I wanted to put at number three. Um, I, I was thinking about putting the the second night from Long Beach on there, but then I re- remembered that that show had Tanahashi versus Billy Gunn, so I just like I just had to scratch it off immediately because that match was no good. Um, and while there were a lot of Actually, really good Ring of Honor shows this year. I really can't in good conscience put any of them, you know, in a major show discussion. So I ended up – I wasn't sure. So I ended up, okay. I i knew that all the takeovers, the XC takeover shows, are almost always deliver. So I decided to go with the best one of the bunch, which was Chicago uh, from May. And then, you know, that had the awesome Pete Dunn-Tyler Bate match. And it had the latter match-made event of – Authors of Pain versus Ciampa Gargano, which at the end of the show featured the big uh, Tommaso Ciampa heel turn, which was pretty cool. Um, and then a lot of other stuff on the show was really good too. I think there was a woman's three-way on that show with, uh, I think it was Asuka and Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot That was really good. And then I actually really enjoyed, I, I know people don't like Bobby Roode, but I actually thought the match he had on that show with Hideo Tommy was actually really, really solid. So that, that was my number three. And then, number two, I had uh, Dominion from New Japan. Um, just a really... There, there were some rough points, but overall, that was a you know, really strong show from top to bottom. You had Okada, you know, Okada and Omega uh, in the main event, and then you had Tanahashi, Naito, and uh, Kushida Hiromu. Basically, basically that top of that card was basically a replay of Wrestle Kingdom, aside from, you know, uh, Goto and Suzuki and a few other things um but my number one was was wrestle kingdom um just just based on those final four matches alone you know uh Kashida Horomu, Gojo shibata tanashi naito and then okada omega i mean those, those were all that was a that was like a just a, such a strong way to finish the show so i i couldn't in good and conscious put that any lower than one and it, it had, pretty much had to be my number one pick
3: uh, all right thanks sean um Let's see up next would be michael and michael go ahead what was your picks
2: all right so my number three was dragon gates uh gated destiny on november 3rd and this had one of the best uh singles matches of the year i feel like outside of new japan with masaki mochizuki defending his uh open the dream gate championship against susumu Yokosuka, and i just i if you listen to open the voice gate you know that Masaki Mochizuki singles matches are my crack. So like I was all about this match up and down. But like other than that, you had you had Shimuk and Dragon Kid defending against Big Ben, which is Ben K and Big Arshimizu. And as much as uh CK One gets gets crapped on as kind of a kind of an agent of controversy amongst Dragon Gate fans, I really, really enjoy this match. Uh, Big R Shimizu is someone who kind of had the company on his back for a for certain points of this year and it was kind of great to see him with like a definite tag partner as he kind of was always either a triangle gate guy or someone who just kind of floated around And then the other match on that show that i really enjoyed was ricochet's return to dragon gate for one week where he faced off against ada which was really kind of neat having the two eras of dragon gate kind of conflict against each other and that uh, my number two show was uh, new Japan Sakura Genesis on April 9th. And other than the fact that the main event had my match of the year. So uh, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Katsuyori Shibata. It just was a very, very interesting, compelling show with me. It was the one that had the promo uh, Takahashi versus Kushida one minute, 56 seconds match, which is one of the more unique matches of the year, which we kind of, as others talked about earlier, was one of the high points of that feud, but you also had Hiroki Goto versus Zack Saber Jr. And I've always been a big Zack Saber Jr. guy, so seeing him in that kind of uh, on that kind of level was was fun, even though Suzuki Goon ruined it like they usually do. But you also had the uh, you also had a really fun uh, Taguchi Japan versus Lij match, which kind of started the Juice Robinson ascent and up the card where he got a win to Naito, which allowed him to challenge later on in the year so that was my number two uh, uh again shibata and uh okada was my favorite match of the year so that made that show that much higher my list and then my number one is wrestle kingdom for pretty much all the
4: reasons that sean said
3: all right thanks mike um connor what was your show of the year ballot like
4: john i'm gonna warn you this is a category where i start mixing shit up with that and me, my third place is Noah. <laughs>
3: Wait a second.
4: The other ones weren't. Okay, so my third place was was um, Great Voyage in Yokohama, Volume Two from Noah, the show that we covered on my last podcast appearance. Yeah. Um, To reiterate some points from that, as well as, you know, sort of aged with time, they are. um, It was overall quite a very solid show. And I think one of the things that it did not fail to impress was just the sheer card. I remember that that was the whole thing before the show was that even people who, like, can't even, like, Seventeen 2017 just look at this fucking card. It's got, like, Tatsumi Fujinami on it and it's got motherfucking moose as well. And, like, it just seemed like a, a fucking freak show in the best way. And it totally was. Like, uh, that uh, that tag with Fujinami and also Mitsuya Nagai was just like so good, and it uh, introduced Nagai to uh, the Noah roster. Which, contrary to some people on Twitter who have said uh, who have said that Nagai is bad, he's actually great, and I love him, and I'm really glad he's here in Noah. Um, as well as that, you had just like uh, great matches for titles. You had uh, the Rahatels, uh defending the junior tag in that aforementioned match against uh, NWA, which was quite fun. And then you had the heavyweight tag titles, which was uh, 50 Funky Powers getting their due finally in what was a great match. Then you also had um, uh, the junior heavyweight uh, title between Harada and Ishimori. Uh, where Harada actually managed to win the title, and that was just like, uh, boy, that was a ripper of a match, so it was. And then, like, you had the main events of um, Manafuji versus uh, Eddie Edwards, which, you know, as I said, it wasn't like, you know, a blowout match, but it was quite fun, quite charming, just because Eddie Edwards has that sort of quality of being like a time capsule of like, the auto generation, someone who watched Misawa do Tiger Drivers and said, oh, I want to be like that one day. And so that was great. Also, there is that really awesome uh, thing where like Okabayashi and Masakutamiya finally collided and oh, it was epic. And my second uh, pick took place at the same arena. This was Pro Wrestling Love in Yokohama by Wrestle One. Um, this was my first show watching Wrestle One after it got like a lot of buzz, and I found it to similar to to the Noah show, be quite like an overall solid show. Uh, there were there were a couple of things which uh, weren't very good, as in like I'm not much for like uh, the sort of tag title scene right now, like uh, Kaz Hayashi and uh, Shuji Kondo, uh, you know. I, I'm not. I don't really like them in this current role. They don't really like pop out to me much. As in, like otherwise they're good, but I know it's not doing anything for me. Like with the tagtails, and also the cruiserweight division uh, is shit. <laughs> but yeah. Andy Andy Wu versus uh, Yoshi Yoshioka, it made me laugh at least. So, but other than that, everything was like quite solid. As in, like I was thinking when I saw like the Ito versus Tachibana fight for the uh, result championship how, how just how, you know, Tachibana his express will was just like making sure Ito was this big monster who'd been for a title, but even so, he remained such a what's the word, such a competitor, you know who, yeah. like, you, can, you could see how he could perhaps win this match you could see how, you know, he took advantage of the yarn bars, he had the canes as well but then also, you know, uh, Ito, the big uh, monster, he just, like, went back from it. It, like, you know, cracked the canes over himself and then won, and it was beautiful. And then there was also um, uh, the uh, the main event of Ashino versus uh, Ikemen, uh Kurushio. And that was, like, just, like, really good, just watching these two guys who, you know, it was, it was really a sort of like uh, a facsimile of Wrestle 1 itself where it's these guys who, you know, are sort of coming up from, you know, more or less nothing and they're just trying to make their own stars, make their own history, uh, just with their sheer skill and potential. And uh, that's what I think that made a bit accomplished. And, you know, it was just like great stuff. And then my number one uh, pick was... Masashto uh, Kakiara produce Kaki Ride because this was out of all the shoot style sort of stuff that happened this year. I thought this one was just probably the purest because you looked at you look up and down the card and you have guys like um, you know, Hidaki uh, comes along with a great match with Nomura uh, T type, and then you also had like uh, the likes of Tatsu and Nakano. And um, Daisuke Nakamura, uh, who, who really impressed me in his match there. As well as that really awesome match where you know, Minoru Tanaka comes to face Masakatsu Tsufunaki and he just eats shit. It was great. I loved it. Um, and there was also uh, an appearance by Akira Maida, which automatically makes it great. I had hoped that that would count as like him being able to uh, qualify for the rest of the year. <laughs> but I'll compromise at that. And overall, just like a lovely show, which I would recommend for anyone. Uh, just like uh, up and down the cards and like all the matches, even the ones, especially the ones that I have included yet, uh, were just amazing. And uh, yeah, that's about it.
3: All right. Thanks, Connor. I told the story before, but I was so pissed when I found that show it was like the day I left Tokyo for Osaka on my trip because I would have loved to go to that. What are you gonna do? Yeah. All right, Dylan. Uh, what were your show of the year picks?
5: First of all, I have to say to Connor, how dare you besmirch the good name of Drunk Andy I'm sorry <laughs> to get the of Russell One? But since you picked Cocky Ride, one, I will, I will forgive that. My three first shows of the year. At number three, I went with Ice Rubens, number eight thirty two show, Ice in Wonderland from it's August twenty seventh.
3: It's my favorite name of all the picks.
5: <laughs> yes uh, that's what i bring to the table on this show john good looks and good names now on, on, this, on this show we had a really first of all they, we had the debut of a rookie wrestler named asahi taking on the legendary manami toyota in what was actually a really underrated and fun and great match which the crowd was totally into we saw sukasa Fujimoto on the outside cheering on the rookie it was one of the best like rookie debut matches like i can remember especially of last year. And the card up and down had such a great variety to it. There was a hardcore match that happened after it with Akane Fujita to Yaikaru. And, you know, Akane Fujita, she's like a hardcore wrestler in Ice Ribbon. But her match with Risa Sara was like really bad. And so she she was able to really rebound on the show. And I was happy to see that. And I think the match everyone knows from that show would be the best friends match with Arisa Nakajima. Uh, Arisa got a number one vote for most outstanding from a great voter. They took on the team of avid rival Misaki Ohata and Ryo Mizunami. And they had like a three match series in August that had a couple of great matches, but this was actually my favorite one. And the main event for the Ice Cross Infinity Time, Sarah defending against her partner, Maya Yuki. they they're usually a tag team called Azuri Revolution, and they they really had the best match of either of their careers. I feel like because neither one are great wrestlers, but somehow in this main event, whether the story, the intensity shown by Maya, I it worked really well. And uh, there was actually another great match too, an elimination match, which was a great storytelling. If you followed Ice Ribbon for the Date Team Date, they they ended up losing, and Nagasaki Mariko and Nagasaki finally got revenge after all year of being kind of. You, you know, under them. So I thought it was great storytelling up and down, a great card and a great name, as you mentioned, John. So yes. that's worth it. Uh,
3: I said Wonderland.
5: I said Wonderland, baby. Um, my, my number two vote was the NOAA Global League final show from November 19th. And I think really anything that starts off with Leona looking like a geek has to be <laughs> a contention.
4: <laughs>
5: and and his opening match, he sold <laughs> he sold Hitoshi Kumano's torture rack. Like in a way I can't really describe. I think you should all watch that match and decide for yourself what he was doing. <laughs> but it was, it was very funny. And he was, he was being
3: Leona. That's about all I can he, say.
5: Was, he was being Leona. That that's the best way to describe that. There was a great tag team match with Yohei and Hayata, the the team we talked about earlier. They took on Atsushi Kotage and Taiji Ishimori, and I thought that was a really good match. Minoru Tanaka had a, this <laughs> match with Hiroki, like one of the matches because Minoru Tanaka can't do no wrong in the world in 2017. There was a great four-way match with Masakita Mia getting a win over Segura Tanaka and Nakajima. Um, a great tag team match was Marafuji Tanaguchi taking on the 50 funky powers. Great junior heavyweight match with Daisuke Harada, the boss defeated the mom of Rattel's when he defeated Tadasuke. <laughs> and that was a really strong match, to be honest with you, as silly as that sounds. And obviously it had Keno beating Go Shiozaki in the Global League Finals. I thought that was an amazing match. That will be in contention for my top 10. I know we're both going to be doing the BOW top 10 gimmick, quote-unquote, yeah. again. That's probably going to be a great plug on my part as well. Um, from there, my number one show had to be the the Dominion from New Japan and June 19th or June 11th rather excuse me. for some reason I thought about May 19th with Kane, I was talking to somebody about Sino and that blend, blend into that. but the Dominion show I thought there was a couple of rematches from Wrestle Kingdom but I thought the main two matches were actually better at Dominion and Wrestle Kingdom if that makes sense, I, I like the Tanahashi Naito match, I, as a huge Tetsuya Naito fan Favorite of the Naito Tanahashi matches.
3: What was my favorite? Um, I go back and back and forth between G1 and Dominion, but I, I think ultimately I land on G1. But it could just exactly. be live. It could just be live bias. Uh,
5: that's true. But I thought either way, they're both better than the Wrestle Kingdom one. So yeah, I agree. I, I still win. Uh, but I re- also really love the Kushida Hiromu match. As terrible as it was, I my head exploded. I think I had the same reaction as you did to Naito losing at Wrestle Kingdom this year when Hiromo lost. I like, I you know, there's like a back railing to my bed, I just punched it as hard as I could. When <laughs> I it. Uh, it didn't hurt my head because I'm a very manly person, but thankfully <laughs> uh, thankfully they've proven me right since in booking Hiromu horribly and turning him into a joke since then, as I knew what happened as everyone argued with me about, stupidly. <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone whole show was up and down better outside of the menorah um, the Minora suzuki and gota match which was just garbage as all suzuki goon matches tend to be they they really improved on everything for russell kingdom but i thought it was a great show up and down the draw i thought was a very interesting call i think it was something that people weren't really expecting too much but uh i at least i was and i thought it was a great finish to the show uh, but the night totanahashi matched on the show for me i think up and down was a card it was the most consistent it had um eight matches on the main card and a dark match even the tiger Mass w opening match was a lot of fun i i love tiger Mass double double quote unquote i revealed at the last episode of the show i didn't know it until the very last episode of the <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i, I love that match too so the whole card up and down i think du- you got to give it to dominion at least for me but it, it was close to the year. there was a lot of A lot of shows kind of in the same level, I would say, but those are my three. All
3: right. Thanks, Dylan. Uh, JR, what do you got for show of the
7: year? All right. So number three, uh, I put Joey Janela's spring break. Um, So, you know, I mean, again, I, you know, I, I think at this point it's pretty clear that I value sort of like wrestling as, as kitsch or wrestling as fun, you know, um, I think that, uh, that this show sort of like promised, uh, to be sort of like a nerdy insider, bizarre thing. Um, and, uh, and it delivered on it. Um, I think, you know, some of it, it was better than other parts of it. I think, you know, uh, I'm sure people who were there have a different opinion of it than people who just watched it live or people who watched it, uh, even after the fact, um, so, I, you know, wrestling needs to be an experience sometimes, and, um, and I think that that show was, um, and I think it should be rewarded as such. Uh, number two, I put Takeover Chicago, which Sean talked about, so I won't belabor the point. Um, but it was a good in-ring show, um, and I wanted to recognize it. And then number one, I put Triple Mania, which I guess Reddit said was the worst show of the year. Uh, so, uh, so, well, what are you going to do? Um, here's my here's my defense because Triple Mania had some pretty bad parts to it. I guess um, I think that wrestling, at its heart, is a variety show, um, and uh, you know, on shows where every match is presented as a dream match or the end of a feud or. Um, you know, like this, these two guys are going to try and have the best match they can or, or whatever. Um, it, it all feels very much the same and it may be good for one night, but it's not sustainable. Um, I felt like triple mania, um, was the best and worst of wrestling sort of all wrapped wow. up into one and wrestling's ability to be both great and terrible at the same time is why we all love wrestling. So it was the most wrestling show of the year for me. And sometimes that's the best.
3: Gotcha. All right. Thanks. JR. Uh, Jesse, what did you have for best
9: show? I only had two shows because I wasn't allowed to have rising <laughs> on my list, but I'll How mix not? it up a little bit. Uh, I voted at number two, but I'll put it number three. And that was the Russell one Yokohama show. I can't describe it any better than it already was before, so we're just going to move on. Uh, number two, I'm, I'll say it's number two, but we're technically not allowed to vote for it. And that was Death Vegas, just mm-hmm. off the back of the main event, which was insane, one of the best yeah, death matches.
3: Just to be clear, we're going to the Observer calendar. That's why the old Observer calendar that Dave changed on me until way well after uh, we had actually started the voting here, but. Otherwise, it'd be, it probably would have... It, well, I had a chance to make my list. So, yeah.
9: so uh, just off the back of that main event, uh, some people said it's the best death, ma- death match they've ever seen. I, I don't know about that, but it was certainly just... That match was just crazy. And then my number one show was DDT Judgment, their 20th anniversary show. Uh, it started the reigns of Sasaki and Takashida. It had the Dynasty Warriors match, where everyone dressed up like Dynasty Warriors <laughs> characters. It was awesome. And... Uh, Callbacks to some of the old guys that used to work at DDT it was just a really fun show. Yeah.
3: All right. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, yeah. Alex, what do you have for show of the year?
10: Uh, my third place choice was Noah the Great Voice in Yokohama for March 12th. And that's really off the backs of two matches. That was Hiroki and Taichi Ishimori versus Daisuke, Hirada, and Tarasuke. And then Keno and Sugiura versus Kitamiya and Muhammad Yone. And there's not much else to say about the match. I just really loved those two matches, and that carried the show for me and felt like I didn't get to watch much this year. So that stood out for me. Uh, My second show of the year would be All Japan Champion Carnival Day 1 because, like, I'm not saying other promotions in Japan don't have, like, true heavyweights, so to say, but it feels like All Japan, like, their heavyweights wrestle like heavyweights and look like heavyweights. And a lot of the matches on that first day were really good. Like Kai versus Zeus, Kinto Miyahara versus Jake Lee, Joe Doring versus Daisuke Sakimoto, and then Suwama versus Suji Ishikawa. And another thing that I appreciated from All Japan compared to NOAA and New Japan throughout the year was that all of these matches were less than 15 minutes. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. <laughs> even if I like two guys and I'm invested in a feud, once you go over 30 minutes or 27 minutes, my attention span really starts to get thin. And, yeah, yeah my first, my number one pick was Sendai Girls' Big Show in Sendai 2017. It features my match of the year, Chihiro Hashimoto versus Meiko Satamura. And then had one of my favorite tag teams, Dash Chisako, and Karu. They defeated strong style rush of Alex Lee and Mika Shihime. And then it had Ami Sato's debut, which was a pretty good match. Her nose got busted open, so it made a really great visual. Neo Mono got to be a bit of a dick against another rookie, Manami. And it was a fun show. And it was probably my favorite Joshi show of the year.
3: All right. Thanks, Alex. Um, Lawson, what do you have for show of the year?
8: Yeah, I... Uh so for me uh my number three was uh nxt takeover chicago um it was yeah i mean the pete dunn tyler bade match really is what uh it just is <laughs> one of the greatest nxt matches of all time probably one of the best matches um this decade in that whole company uh i just think uh a seminal match for uh british wrestling in uh, north america and just uh yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know where Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate are going to end up in this company or whatever, but it's, I feel like it's going to be a match we look back on and be like, this was this was a, this was a seminal moment. This was a, a big deal um, because I, it, was, it was even better than I think I expected going in. It was, uh, it was something else. Um, my number, t- uh, and, th- and also another good stuff on that show, I should say, the, the ladder match main event was really good and had that amazing angle. Afterwards, with the turn, um, I also liked the Bobby Roode, um, Hideo Tommy match, and even the opener with Roddy and um, Eric Young I thought was really fun. I thought it was a really fun, like, baby face gets <laughs> defies the odds and gets the win type of match. Uh, so yeah, just a, a fun show up and down, easy watch with a with a one incredible match. Um, so my number two was uh, New Japan Dominion, um, for all the reasons that's been stated before. Um, I, uh, love that one hour draw. I could watch it over and over again, especially the, the, maybe the last 20 minutes of it. Um, just some of my favorite things I've ever seen in a pro wrestling. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, I'm also upset about the, the Hiromu storyline and the way it was handled, but I love that match as well. I think it was, uh, my favorite, um, uh, Kushida performance maybe all year, um, and, uh, yeah, Naito Tanahashi, what else is there to say? Uh, so my number one was, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11, uh, because it also had, um, it had one more amazing match than Dominion, which was the incredible, um, Yoto Shibata, uh, brawl where they just, the closing stretch was just them, uh, hitting each other until one of them, uh, was unconscious. And then, uh, then, uh, Goto picked him up and hit his finish and pinned him, um, mm-hmm and uh i even people i guess in the moment were like down on the undercard but i even enjoyed the undercard of, of that show uh well some of it like um i really enjoyed the uh junior heavyweight tag match with the bucks and oppongi vice and um uh this the the juice and cody match uh maybe wasn't a great match but it was so that yeah i know <laughs> we went over that on the last show but yeah. i love Juice in it i like how much he kind of broke out after that match and um, yeah, and then of course you know the the yeah the the last four matches are just really. I don't know if there's another show out there that had four matches that great back to back. Maybe a G one somewhere, but um, yeah, they uh, and then that main event uh, became my favorite match of all time. So that's uh, it's going to go down as one of my favorite shows. the Kingdom eleven. That's my number one pick.
3: All right, thanks, Lawson. Kevin, what do you got for your favorite
1: shows? <laughs> All right, so um, I'm sorry—is my mic on right yeah, now? I know I had an no issue. Good. Okay, yeah. So for number three, I've got the uh, the Noah Show, the ten one that was like the weird crossover where Eddie Edwards defended the title against marifuji yeah,
3: yeah, great footage in Yokohama Volume Two. Yes.
1: Quiet storm and Yone won the title, but really, I think the match that sets this card apart was that it had Eli Drake versus Cody Hall for the new <laughs> <GFU> Impact World. <laughs> 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 but in all seriousness, yeah, this uh, this card actually ruled. Like it had like a ten minute Minoru Tanaka versus Kamano match that I love.
3: Yeah, really good.
1: Yeah, the re- the junior title uh, match was great. And Harada won the uh, junior title, so that was my favorite Noah show of the year when I thought basically all those shows were good. And then, let's see, number two, I had the uh, Janela Spring Break show also. I think mostly the same things uh, JR said about it. It was just a fun, wacky sideshow, and especially, like, US indie stuff, which is really kind of homogenized at that point. There's not very much stuff that's just kind of a lot of fun. Yeah. And this one definitely was, and it had a Matt Riddle versus Dan Severin match, which is definitely just my personal kind of weird thing. And then number <laughs> one was the uh, Nick Gage Invitational, which, if you're a Nick Gage fan, or really if you like death matches, I do think you should, you have to watch this. Just everything on here, other than they booked the Nazi guy, but at least he uh, <laughs> got knocked out in the first round. Okay. This had my favorite of the uh Nick Gage versus Matt Tremont matches, which are all great death matches. So, all good stuff,
3: all right. Thanks, Kevin. Um, my three picks I had Russell Kingdom in third. Um, you know, I, I think even though I'm not as high on really on Okada Omega as some people, I think you can't really ignore those last four matches, but. Unlike what um, Lawson said, I did think the undercard was pretty terrible, but the last four matches did save it. So I have to give at least a third place vote. Um, second place. I had the championship carnival night one show. Um, a lot of the same things Alex mentioned. I just thought this was such an awesome show of just like, you know, the best collection of like sub 10 minute and 15 minute, like really awesome matches you're ever going to see. I thought this was just a really, really fun show. And then first place I had Det judgment. You know, again, just like Jesse said, I thought the the high end stuff was really good. Uh, you know, Hiroshima and Takashida was a really good match, and then you know the samurai stuff was just amazing. And you know, uh, Sasaki and Jun Kazai too was a friggin' awesome match. So, yep, Judgment was my pick as far as the final results. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom Eleven took first place with 84 points, 14 first-place votes, so ran away with it here. Second place was Dominion, uh, 36 points, three first-place votes. Third place was DDT Judgment, um, 18 points, three first-place votes. Uh, and fourth place was NXT TakeOver Chicago, uh, 17 points. Fourth, fifth place was the All Japan Champion Carnival Night 1 show, with 13 points. And sixth place was the Cage Invitational 2, with 10 points. Interestingly okay. enough, all three of those did not get a single first place vote, but still managed to finish double digits. Um, the other shows that got a first place vote were Sakura Genesis, Go- DT, Ryu Goku, Peter Pan, Dragon Gate, Game Destiny, um, Janelle Spring Break, uh, we heard about Copyright already, Progress Orlando, All Japan's 45th anniversary show at Sumo Hall, Triple Mania, and the Sunday Girls Big Show in Sunday. So some of them we talked about already, some of them were you know, people who weren't on the show, but there you go for best major show. All right, best tag team. Before I turn it over to Sean, I just want to say to everybody keep it concise because we got to get through three more categories here and we got like about an hour left. So, tag team, very quickly, Sean.
6: All right. So, for my number three, uh, even though I'm not going to vote them as my number three in the observer awards, I did here because they're going to get a lot of votes in the observer awards anyway, but I have Young Bucks in number three. Um, I thought from, based on what I saw in Ring of Honor from them this year, that they had a very solid year. Uh, their ladder match with the Hardys, WrestleMania weekend was far and away, I think the best Ring of Honor match this year. So, they were easy number three for me. Um, and then some of the New Japan stuff they did as well was, was very good as well. Uh, and then number one and number two, well, actually number two, I, are number two and number one are sort of connected for me. Uh, I have New Day number two and Usos number one. Uh, just you know, they had an incredible few this year, and all their matches were awesome. And I, for me, they earned number one and number two uh, with Usos as number one and New Day, and uh, New Day number two, uh, just just based on those matches alone. So, all right, thanks, Sean. Uh, Mike, who'd
3: you have for tag team?
2: All right. My number three was CCK of Chris Brooks, Kid Lycos, and at times Travis Banks. Uh, I really enjoyed what they've done more kind of as like a branding kind of exercise that it's kind of sad that Lycos has always injured, but because I did enjoy how much fun their uh, progress run was going uh, my number two was nuruki Doi and Masato Yoshino, probably my second favorite tag team of all time. And they kind of came back in and gave CK1 the best tag match of the reign. And then they probably had my favorite uh, Dragon Gate tag team match of the year with uh, Marahai Sapa. My number one is Doom Patrol of Chris Dickinson and Jaka. And I, when I was doing this category, tag teams were like the hardest ones. But the one that like, but I knew I had as my number one was, was Doom Patrol. And that's because they've had like great matches against teams like South Pacific Power Trip, who I would probably would have ranked really highly if TK Cooper wasn't injured and had his visa issues. But they had matches against them, they had matches against like Austin Theory and Jason Kincaid that were a lot of fun. They had a really interesting uh, Match that they lost against the workhorsemen of Anthony Henry and James Drake, and this kind of held evolved together for me this year. So I felt like that alone gave them my number, my first place vote.
3: All right, thanks, Mike. Uh, Connor, what'd you have for tag team?
4: Uh, All right, so team team. speed, right? Before I get to my picks, honorable mention, land with a generation, Dynamitas from from CMLL, right? Yeah, now. yeah, right, okay. Number three, from Noah, Maketa uh, Owari, or in English, if we lose, it's over. That's <laughs> Maybach Taniguchi and Namichi Manifaji. These Did guys...
3: The, the punchline that they lost and the, team wasn't, and the team came back.
4: Well, yeah, they came back, and that's probably why Taniguchi turned on him. Is that's because true. He fucking lied. <laughs> and, it, and so despite the terrible end that this came to, uh, these two were a true gem in Noah. As in, like, Manfuji, he's old and he's tired, and so he shouldn't. He, he probably shouldn't be in, like, top title matches. But in tag matches, he can really excel. Uh, and it's where his charisma as the current de facto ace of Noah sort of pops out. And Maybach Taniguchi, he is... WON most improved in my opinion. He is uh, an amazing big guy and just like his ability to uh, create finishing stretches and just get the crowd on their feet is unparalleled. Now, uh, number two is a sentimental pick. It's Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. Uh, Now, I choose these two because they're my boys. And also I like when they do the moves, and then they do the and then pose. It's very endearing and I like it. And then number one is of course rattles. And this refers to any combination of the four, Deske, Harada, Yohei, and Hayata. When you look at these guys, the the they're arguably one of the things that angered Noah and its uh, what people thought were its darkest days um just like absolute consistency with their in ring ability as well as just a a that grew and matured like fine wine over the course <laughs> of a few months or so and so yes they're absolutely my number one team for sure.
5: Thank you, Connor.
3: Uh Dylan, who'd you have your type your type <laughs> into your picks?
5: Yes. Um, I just want to say good pick on Yoshihashi Goto, Connor. And I feel bad at these awards whenever, you know, somebody brings up these Evolve teams uh, like, like we did earlier. Because I, I want to like them. i always like the Evolve style. But Flow Slam is such a piece of garbage. You know, I just want to, like, slap every <laughs> If I could, and if it was illegal, you know, because I think that's illegal if you slap people. Yeah, but, Unfortunately. But besides that... Um, My tag teams of the year are Double X at number three, the team of Taiji Ishimori and Hiroki, a team I I talked about in my feud of the year. I thought Ishimori was the best of the four wrestlers, primarily feuding in that feud, and I liked that team a lot. My number two team is The Usos from WWE. I love their matches, Uh, the Hell in a Cell match with New Day is in my top three for WWE, one of the few bright spots of the year for that company. (laughs) I love their promos as well. I think that when we saw
8: Chad Gable and Sheldon
5: Benjamin try to do their promo style and fail miserably, that uh, assured me that what they were doing was very unique and special. My number one is Strong BJ of Daisuke Sakamoto and Yuji Kabayashi, whether partners or enemies, in, in some cases, in big Japan. I think they've done a lot of great things. And it really started from the very first day of this year when they had that match with the Twin Towers where Sakamoto got running headbutted by Shuji Ishikawa and bloodied himself to like right away, it took took about two seconds and he had a crimson mask on. And they've had a lot of great matches in Big Japan, All Japan, anywhere they go. They are awesome. And I'll close it out by saying if anyone voted for Okami, uh, John, I hope you make the executive decision to have their vote revolt.
3: What if they vote for Okami, All Japan only? Parentheses. (laughs) That that didn't happen. Stop. 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 it didn't
7: happen, it's true. All
3: right, uh, JR, who, what were your tag team of the your picks? Uh,
7: real quick, um, I number three, I had the Usos. Uh, people have talked about them. They were really great, a bright spot for WWE. Number two, I had Microman and Gaito. And number one, I had NGD.
3: All right, thanks. <laughs> that was I said keep it concise, and JR was like, you want to see concise, motherfucker? I'll show you concise. Well,
7: people already talked about mine. I, mean, I can't um, talk about Microman a fourth time, you know?
3: That's true. All right, thanks, JR. Uh, Jesse. Oh, by the way, before, I, before Jesse gives hers, I did look this up. Someone did vote Okami third place. I'm not going to say who. Yeah. Dylan, can, <laughs> Dylan can stew about it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, who's your, well, you the year picks.
9: So I let someone fill in the tag teams for me because I didn't like anyone really. (laughs) So this will be really quick. So number three was Kumagoro and Koji-doi from Russell 1. Number two were the big guns from All Japan, Zeus and Bariga. And number one was the Usos.
3: All right. (laughs) Really concise now. Real concise hours. Uh, Alex, what do you have for your tag team of the year?
10: All right. Third place was New Day. Second place was Usos. And first place was Dash, Chisako, <laughs> and Karu.
3: Talk about Dash and Kiara, at least. We talk about the other two, because I like Dash and Kiara a lot, too. What, All what right. Made them, what made them cool?
10: So what makes them cool is that Karu, she doesn't get talked about a lot in, like, Western Joshi wrestling fandom, but she's, like, queen of hardcore. She's one of the f- few active women who does hardcore matches. She has her wooden board, hits people with it. And she still does that awesome Valkyrie splash, especially when she's approaching age 50. Yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah, and that's Chisako. She's unfortunately in tag team hell in some girls, mm-hmm. but she's very good at tag team wrestling. Like, she's good for the hot tap because she's short and she's really fast and she does all the drop kicks and it's very good. And together, they both do slashes off the top rope. They're very good. And they seem to connect really well. Like, they seem like good buds hanging out, watching horror movies and whatnot. So they're just <laughs> two cool chicks having good wrestling matches.
3: Yeah, that's what it's all about. All right, thanks, Alex. Uh, Lawson, what were your picks like for Tag Team of the Year?
8: So my number three pick was uh, South Pacific Power Trip. They weren't around all year, but even in half a year, they brought me uh, more joy than uh, most of the other tag teams I could think of. Uh, my number two pick was the Usos because of the greatest tag team in the history of WWE. Of WWE. And... <laughs> My number one pick was the Young Bucks because they're the Young Bucks.
3: Okay. Um, Kevin, what were your picks like for
1: Tag Team of the Year? Kevin? Okay, I don't even close to remember my thought process behind doing this. <laughs> so uh, I had CCK at number three. I had the Hate Club of Nick Gage and Nate Hatred at number two. And then I had Big Ben at number one. I don't know why I felt like I needed to put uh, Big Oshimizu on here. but I that guy. <laughs> So I think I, I kind of just threw him this one as the token. Never not pop for the shop, but slam.
3: It's the, it's the best finish in wrestling, probably.
1: Oh, it rules.
3: Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kevin. And my three picks, um, I had the Usos in third. I wanted to vote for WWE something other than negative. And, you know, I thought they had a really strong year. They're, like, like uh, I think Dylan said, one of the very few highlights in a really terrible year for that promotion. Um, second place, I had strong BJ, uh, one one, Okabayashi. And first place, I had the big guns, Zeus and the Baliga. Uh, I thought pretty much every tag match they were in in All Japan was... Like, just fucking awesome. Um, so, I really, you know, I couldn't see myself voting for anything else here. And as far as the results go, who won tag team of the year was the Usos running away with it with 77 points, 10 first place votes. The Young Bucks in second, I'll try not to gag, 22 points, yes. three first place votes. Strong BJ, Sekimoto and Okabayashi in third, 19 points for two first place votes. The New Day in fourth for 15 points. Uh, CCK finishing fifth. 14 points, one first-place vote. The Big Guns and Doom Patrol tying for six, 13 points each for two first-place votes. Um, Nuevo, Generacion, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, my Spanish is really terrible. 12 points, two first-place votes. And the South Pacific Power Trip bringing up the rear ninth, 10 points, one first-place vote. Um, the others received a first-place vote. We heard about three of them already. Patels, Big Ben, and Dash, and Kiaru. And there's also Ring Ringkampf from WXW. So there you go. Um, then let's move on now to our second to last category here, which is Match of the Year. So, Sean, what was your Match of the Year picks? All right. So my number three
6: was the uh, main event from Wrestle Kingdom 11, which was, of course, Okada versus Omega, the first match. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's anything else that can be said about that. That hasn't already been said, you know, is it was, it was a fantastic match. Um, and, and like I mentioned earlier, kind of opened the door because of all the buzz it got for new fans. So in that regard, it was, it was historical in a way as well. Um, though I, I will say at the time, you know, I, I, when I watched it, I, even though I thought it was amazing, I still kind of thought that they kind of left some of the tank I just thought they could do better, or they—they—they they, they, they were able. Th- that match was great, but they had the ability to put on a better match in the future. And that match, and I know you know, John, you're not gonna like this pick, but I my number two was the.